Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative focus game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Dunkarino, the Duncan. <laughs> the Duncan. The Dunkmeister. Okay, do you want to keep workshopping nicknames for a little bit? We can find one that works well. You keep going and I'll think about it. Okay, cool. This week we are talking about Tell Me Why Chapter 2. Um, Tell Me Why Chapter 2 uh, came out about a week ago, so it came out, I believe, the second week in September. I do not have this written down. I am making it up off the top of my head. It came out a week after Chapter 1 came out, um, and again, it is still free on Xbox Game Pass, and I believe the whole game is still $30, was it, Duncan? It's $30. $30, there it is. Okay. All three of them. So, much like last time, we are going to dive right in because we're planning on doing three of these in a row, roughly, um, so we are going to give our thoughts again. These are going to be self-contained episodes, so, you know, if you haven't played Chapter 3 yet, don't worry about it. We have not either. You're, feel free to listen along. We will obviously talk about Chapter 1 because, you know, it's a sequence game. Um, but, Duncan, how did you generally feel about Chapter 2 going into this game? I think that Chapter 2 was a... It felt like a natural progression in the story in a way where I wasn't, like, insanely satisfied by any choices they decided to make. But I wasn't, like, blown away or amazed by anything they did. And I think some of the writing here gave me a little bit of... Uh, I, I'll, we'll, we'll get more into it, but I had some issues with some of the, the lines that people had. And mm-hmm. I think that I'm still in it. Like, I'm still there to see what happens to these twins. But I'm not, like... I'm not thrilled about it. Like, I was ready to play Chapter 3 to see how it all ends, but I feel like I know enough about how Don't Nod is, like, structuring this game that I feel like I'm already sort of seeing where it's going, and then some of the things where I'm like, you know, oh, you know, they're going to... Well, I'm not going to say exactly, because that's sort of a spoil, but, you know, some of the predictions that I feel like I made in the first one just sort of felt a little verified with this, and I'm kind of just... You know, I'm I'm very neutral on it. Uh, I think I I definitely shared some of that. Um, they they tied up some of the loose ends from chapter one in a way that I wasn't really expecting them to by this point, and I think those answers were largely fine, but nothing yeah. like super exciting. Um, I think part of the the reason that um a lot of this isn't clicking so well for me right now is like I just don't find the cast of auxiliary characters that well fleshed out or interesting at this point like I like both the twins but that's really about it um so I think you know spending more time in this world and not really having the story progress in a terribly interesting way um is not is not doing a ton to draw me forward but I do think there are still a couple of hooks I'm interested in they've kind of leaned a little more into that like you know faulty hood of human memory sort of theme that they were going with, which I think is really interesting every time they do it. So I am still excited to get into chapter three. Um, but coming off of, of chapter one, I definitely, you know, I was more interested by the end of chapter one than I was at the end of chapter two, for sure. Do you think we're asking because we've like, do you think we're just spoiled by like these don't nod games? Or do you think that like the, you know, the first game and we just have sort of expectations for these things? Or do you think it, you're taking the game like as a whole? I mean, I think, hmm. I, I, I don't think we're, we're spoiled. I don't think we're, I, I think we are doing a fair assessment here. My, this is my like genuine prediction is I think 
looking back when we have finished this, I, I would not be surprised if Chapter 2 suffers from the, like, you know, middle child syndrome for trilogies, where it's just like, yeah, it was a lot of stuff to set up the cool ideas we had in Chapter 3, but we didn't want to put any of the cool stuff in Chapter th- 2 because we wanted it all, like, in one tight package at the end. Sure. Um, that's what I'm hoping, but I don't know. We're going to step through the story uh, of Tell Me Why, if you've played it, it should be pretty familiar. We're just going to kind of speak generally about what happens next after next. If you haven't played it, this is a good uh, sort of, if you didn't really want to try it out or you just kind of wanted to know what was going on, um, we'll be breaching spoiler territory from this point forward. So do fear. Do fear the spoils. Fear the spoils. Absolutely. Do not feel comfortable with the spoils from this point on. I wanted to add something there to what you said, but as soon yeah. as I copied what you said, I was like, ah, I should have stopped there, but I kept talking, and here we are now. You're just kind of oh, like, well. you're like, hey, that that thing you made looks really cool, and then you just kind of started taking it apart, and I'm like, you gotta, do you, not, do you know how to put that back together? And you're like, I'll figure it out, and you, mm-hmm. you couldn't. Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not. Ah, story of my life. Anyway. Let's swell on this a little bit longer, actually. No, I think I think I think we're good to move on to the part of the episode where we'll both feel more comfortable talking. All right, here we go. I feel great. I don't know what's going on with you, but I feel fine. That's because you haven't fucked up a transition yet. Give it time. Give it time. All right. Tell so, me what's happened with these twins. Chapter two opens with kind of two different cutscenes, and that's that's kind of the first area I want to talk about. Um, we get a. Um, the initial cutscene, we just sort of get Allison's point of view from the traumatic events uh, the night that she ended up killing her mother. Um, so we see her kind of like, you know, as a kid for a little bit, and then we see her in the kitchen making some sort of a midnight snack, a sandwich, something like that, um, and then hearing... Bro, know, bro, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold I had on. to point out this inconsistency because I think it's important. Okay. They had ice cream the night before. Yes. She 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 walks downstairs and says, Oh, what a waste because they left the ice cream out. She grabs the ice cream tub and leans it back and drinks the ice cream milk. She chugs that shit for way too long. And I love it. And I, I was kind of grossed out by that. Yeah, it did make me a little bit when you were explaining it just now, I thought about the actual act of drinking melted ice cream as a twenty eight year old and it made me want to throw up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But I'm sure if I was, like, seven or whatever, I'd fucking love that shit. It'd be great. Right, Um, right. I'm sorry. That's the only inconsistency I'll ever point out. No, thank you. I appreciate that. And luckily, it was not at any sort of an emotional high point or anything like that. (laughs) So it slipped right in. No problem. Um, So Allison, you know, hears um, Ali, you know, young Tyler cry out for um, help because he thinks his mom's going to kill him. And we see the, you know, the shot of her grabbing the pair of scissors from the you know, the the kitchen counter that she's at, and then, you know, kind of cuts to her stabbing her mother in the back and her mother falling off of the dock, um, and then them discussing, you know, having to call somebody and needing help, everything like that. Uh, and then we cut from, like, a really hard cut here from that, like, traumatic moment to then just, like, scenes of the the twins as children playing in their childhood home sometimes with their mother sometimes just by themselves you know jumping on couches interspersed with scenes of them doing the same things now that they are adults cleaning out the house and this this was the type of don't nod vibes that immediately drew me back in had some good music playing over the top it's like oh this is this is great i have the first thing I have written down for my notes is that, like, ah, these are the vibes I wanted the whole first chapter. I'm so happy to feel them again. Just did a great job 
setting up the tone, I think, for the rest of the episode. It was it was a very good introduction. Yeah, I like the idea that they're kind of like making up for lost time in a way by playing together in this house and in a way where they it is both like reminiscent and nostalgic for the way that they used to play, but all sort of like blurred line of you know hanging out as kids versus just spending time with each other now and stuff like that and i really yeah. like that i How also it, it throws them back and everything i also want to say before that it's either before or after the intro cutscene that alex described we get a recap of the first chapter in oh the yeah same, i forgot about that in the same style of of life is strange 2 with the wolf story and i cocked my head back and like exhaled through my nose guys Come on, you can't do that again. It feels like so, cheating. That was my initial response. Like this one is a little different because the it had more of a storybook feel to it, but yeah. you know, um my, that was my initial response too was like really you're just going to lean on that one. Um and then like I kept playing and I was like, well, if this is just sort of the previously on that they want to do, if this is the yeah. style of previously on, I'm okay with it like it's at least interesting like it's a cool way to do that i i agree that i wish you know maybe it was something a little bit different but if something like that was in life is strange one and it was just like pirates drawn like that we would absolutely be like oh yeah it's cool this is their signature thing that they always do yeah it just gets it gets old after a while that's all ah, but i do like the drawings a lot i think I really actually think all the storybook stuff that they designed feels like very traditional in its in their forms, but also a little bit different. Like I think the the design for the Mad Hunter and things like that, like the the drawings mm-hmm. are very unique, but still feel kind of classic. But that's a whole other topic. Anyways, yeah, yeah I just kind of wanted to air out my dirty laundry with that one. So no, I appreciate you doing so. Yeah, that that opening scene is mwah, chef's kiss. It's very good. It's a return to form for for what I want from literally every Don't Not game ever, which is maybe painting them into a corner, and maybe that's my fault, but I don't care. I want it every time. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to take? We this, have this a very particular here? set of needs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, number two. <laughs> I don't know. Why I'm saying the number four. <laughs> <laughs> number two on this Google Doc. You all can't see. <laughs> all right. So uh, it feels up, like we haven't podcasted in fucking months or something, dude, but we did one literally last weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. Um, so next, the uh, the twins begin to sort of decide um, what they want to keep and trash or sell while looking through old furniture. And you kind of do a part two to the first part of looking through the house, except I think this one's a little bit more about, you know, the actual process of working through whether you want to keep or throw away things rather than like living through the memories but you still look through some memories that you used to have uh with your with your cool superpower and some photos um yeah this one had a a, i think a very different like this had a much more jovial tone to it it was less of like hey we're opening the door to this hurtful past and more hey let's look at the types of things that like we remember fondly from when we were kids and the types of ways that like we used to play together. And I think yeah. that that was kind of a, a welcome change in tone. Did you convince Tyler that the moo thing was funny? The cow thing? I don't think I did, no. So so did you find the little the little moo thing when you clean up the coffee table? 
I don't think you I did. You didn't. Okay, so maybe below I did, and I'm just totally not remembering when you, it. When you clean the coffee table, there's a little the little thing that you turn upside down, and it goes, you know, those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And she, you oh. find one, and you click it, and it, she yeah. does it. And if you keep doing it, like you just tirelessly keep doing it, he goes, okay, like. That's funny. You can stop now. Tyler says that. And if you just keep doing that, eventually go, okay, that is actually pretty funny. <laughs> and then okay. you can put it down okay. and you get an achievement. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense because I, I flipped it over and then there was just like an unnaturally long pause where nothing happened. And I was like, well, this is fucking weird. And then she just put it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, there has to be something. If I'm able to do this more than once, there has to be something here. Um, yeah so that's good i i really like that actually that's great so as they're cleaning up and picking stuff around they uh share a memory and they actually see like the like a physical manifestation of the hunter uh the mad hunter and like there's like a big shadowy you know a, a cloud behind him and they're like running away from him and like screaming his name and and they're mm-hmm. like did was that real or did we just kind of have an overactive imagination and i think they kind of come to the conclusion that they don't know but most likely it was just their imagination um mm-hmm. this scene was pretty cool i actually quite it, liked this i did too it set up a lot of really interesting stuff that i was like you know kind of kind of curious to see where they went with it um i don't necessarily know that the follow through in this episode was very good but i think it was interesting to see them kind of like toy with this idea more of like okay were some of these storybook things like real and also the mad hunter is unsettling and when he looks directly at the camera and smiles it's unsettling and i like that a lot yeah um so they kind of get interrupted from discussing this because sam their like weird maintenance neighbor who is kind of in love with your mom if you forgot um kind of is a weak word for it but (laughs) very who is uh drunk a lot it seems Mm -hmm. uh shows up time maybe huh maybe not this time i don't think so this time i honestly couldn't read that last time i didn't think he was drunk last time but i don't Mm, know maybe i just have a bad read for that kind of stuff so um uh sam shows up and is like hey you know um I googled some things and some terms and he apologizes to Tyler and, um, you know, he kind of gives a general head nod to that. And he brought dinner as well as a a knife for Tyler. I don't remember that. Yeah, he gives Tyler a knife. At least he did in mind. This might not be a thing that he does. Yeah, he didn't do that for me. Yeah, so it might have been because I, like, stood up to him and was, you know, shot him down that he was, and, you know, he gives you a knife and is like, every, you know, man needs a good knife, and then he gives Allison an uncooked fish dinner and is like, it's a recipe your mom used to make. It's, <laughs> it's a just giant fucking raw fish and, like, a full <laughs> onion. You'll love this. It's like, okay. Right. It's a weird gift, Sam. It's a weird gift. Yeah. So then... um you're talking you bring up how the electricity isn't working he's like oh yeah we can you know we can get that fixed up easy we just need to uh the the shed and you know fix the breakers and you realize that that old scamp sam he has a key to every part of our house (laughs) that old scamp it's artificially just a fun little goofy thing that sam does (laughs) we have no privacy yeah, so you kind of have this, like, no, we can fix it, we can take care of it, give us the keys, 
and um, Allison fix the breaker while uh, Sam and Tyler try and fix the um, the door. So you you got the electricity fixed. Uh, Sam walks in and looks at the gun holder that uh, that that your mother, if you don't remember from the scene, that your mother had uh, grabbed the gun from, and sort of gets a you know some sort of stress from the sight of it and decides that he needs to uh he needs to leave for the day and yeah. um, gets real sad real sad about it yeah and i don't know i thought that backing up a little bit i thought what sam said about like hey you know i did some googling and the terms i used were inappropriate and like you know i, I just don't read a lot i think while that is like not a perfect apology for the things he said in episode one tyler just kind of is like <sighs> some apology and it's like man i don't know he's trying <laughs> like i mean I, I feel like tyler in my game was a little more interesting except, again he gave me like a gift and everything and like went out of his way at least in my save weird um okay well in I mind say, he was kind of shitty about it but i'm like yeah all right <laughs> sam is definitely in in chapter two he's definitely like better about issues surrounding trans people and then immediately is like, well, I should probably fix the breaker because, like, Allison, you, I mean, you probably shouldn't, right? You're a woman. And it's like, okay, yeah. dude. Jesus, just just have one fucking scene where you're not an asshole. <laughs> uh, but um, I also want to say before we move on that, like, this whole scene where you're, you know, walking around looking at things, you know, like you do in every single one of these Don't Nod games. Um, I liked the vibe of it a lot from, like, the house to the garage and everything. But, like, it's definitely... It, it it struggles from some of the same issues we had talked about um, previously that, like, this format just needs to be constantly on to work really well. Um, and just some of the commentary about stuff as you were cleaning out the house was just like, why was this even in here? Right? Like, there's a... I wrote down a specific instance where you, as Allison, walk into the bathroom and open up a box and, like... You look through stuff in the box, and like one of the things in there is like a bunch of like tongue, like wooden tongue depressors. And she picks it up, picks one up, and says, "You know, Tyler is outside of the room." And she says, "Say ah," and then a second passes, and then she also says, "Ah," and then Tyler from outside the room, not looking at what you're holding, says, "I remember cutting off shaving cream beards with these things." I was like, what the what the fuck was this? Why did this exist? This was a bad like that's not there's no back and forth there. He's not in the room. What is going on? Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a lot of like even there is things going on, but it's still non-value added. Like there was a whole thing about a memory of Sam showing them how to skin a fish and one of them being like, you know, one of them be i believe tyler was kind of being a brat about it because she got to clean it and, and he didn't at the time mm. and it wasn't his fish anymore and like i get that that is a situation that is realistic for siblings to experience but i didn't mm -hmm. feel like it added anything to their characters in a way that uh, meant anything to me I, I just kind of tacked on as another thing so I don't know. Did you feel that, that way? But like that with that particular instance, I actually didn't mind it because I think it all ties into um, the very next part of the scene, which is that I think a lot of this entire chapter was building this idea that like they do remember things differently, and that's going to be a huge sticking point because like when that scene starts, it's like Tyler, I, I think, is the one that's like, oh, you know, like 
yeah that was we like he was offended about the whole thing it was like it wasn't a big deal like you were being a jerk about it and she's like no you were just being a brat about it and they kind of like butt heads you know pretty you know friendly butt heads about it um but then kind of come to realize and i think tyler even admits he's like oh you're right i was just being a brat and i think that is like a very very light version of them peppering in the idea that's like hey don't just believe one of the siblings when you have a choice to choose between two different versions of what you think happened because like both of their memories are inherently different and human memory is bad and so i think that was them trying to build that in so that part didn't bother me so much Um, okay that's a pretty good reasoning for that but i do think that the the writing on a lot of the scenes or the like brief conversations was just not much and it kind of after a while, definitely did not continue to draw me in past the vibe. Yeah. But the twins, uh, as, they're, as they're sort of um, remembering certain things about what happened um, on that day, I don't know how it leads to this, but they, they remembered Eddie showing up to the house that the same day the incident happened where, where they, killed, uh, they killed their mom, and uh, Chief Eddie and uh, their mom were arguing about um about something and you can kind of again just like alex was saying earlier uh choose to remember it where marianne was either like sad and disappointed about the news that chief eddie was delivering or being like very very angry about it but either way you're not a hundred percent sure what chief eddie had brought up so you can kind of decide which memory to bring up um i believe i did mad i also did mad on this it one, just yeah. seemed more realistic uh in in that scenario i how are you picking these that's an interesting question how are you deciding what you want what memory you want to decide to remember it as in that situation i think that is a really good question because i don't feel like i'm typically given the tools to make an accurate assessment um which i think is, is the point right you're not supposed to necessarily know um, so I, I think I tend to side with the, like, current narrative I have in my head and, like, choose the one that fits into it more, right? Like, this one, I imagined mad because I knew this this was the same night that Marianne was, like, at the end of her ropes, and I knew that I don't necessarily trust Eddie that much. So it's like, oh, well, it makes sense that, like, she would snap at him, and that's why he would leave. I'll just choose that one. But yeah. I don't feel like I'm making super informed decisions about this at all. Yeah, I. it feels weird to choose with this kind of stuff because you're right. You're not making a very informed decision, and it feels more like I kind of wish the characters would come to a realization that is like, okay, we need to, and this would not make game, but it makes rational story where it's like, we both remember this differently. We need to keep this in mind going forward, and then like yeah. you could unravel it backwards and, you know, realize who was really you know who remembered what when and i think you know i think a lot of the times it's probably a little bit of both is what realistically yeah. happened mm-hmm. and you know perceptions from each of the people with the trauma they had and them being kids is definitely you know you, you can't really unfortunately you can't really believe what the memories are you just have to say okay how do we want the you're basically answering how do we want the twins to feel about this character in that yeah. moment which is Which, an interesting way for deciding that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad from a gameplay point of view, um, but I do think it is a little like jarring to 
hear Allison literally at the end of this scene say like, oh, we remember things differently because like memory's not very reliable, especially from when we were kids. But also <laughs> one of us definitely remembered it correctly. It was like, okay, well, yeah. that's not really how I think you should be looking at this, but I don't, I have to make if, an option. So if the realization seen by the end is like, we, we both can't remember right i'm gonna be so upset <laughs> i mean i'll allow them to have that as a realization but like not as the big one you know what i mean yeah that would like suck. come on everybody knows that everybody playing this game understands that yeah moving on um the the twins leave there because they want to go talk to chief eddie and kind of get some answers about what they what was going on that night yeah what was he there to talk to their mom about why was she upset things like that um, on the drive there, Allison gets a call from their realtor, so they kind of stop at a, a clearing, and Allison, you know, talks to the realtor and has a chance to describe, you know, or has a chance to answer the question the realtor's talking about, like, oh, somebody wants to come see the house, they want to come see the house, you know, in two days, like, then they're willing to pay for it with cash, like, are you good for that, and you have the option to kind of say, like, yeah, let's do that because we need an offer, or no, we won't. Um, I said, no, we won't be ready because I was like, yeah, we're trying to figure out this big ass mystery right now. I'll wait a little bit of time to sell this house. I don't know. I, that seemed like the choice to me, but I don't know if, if you felt the same way. I I was playing Allison in that moment, so mm-hmm. I took the cash offer because I I get the I got the strong sense. And, you know, this gets a little bit more revealed later. But just in that moment, I'm like. She's done with this shit. She is mm-hmm. done with this. And yeah. I think it makes sense for her to want to leave. And I I don't know. I guess I didn't think about the whole, like, there's a mystery we have to solve. And I, I when I made the choice, it gave me the symbol. It's like, your bond with your twin is less now. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? And I went, oh, yeah, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, Again, yeah, gonna... rationally, you could have just been like, I'll call you back in five minutes. Let me ask Tyler. But, you know, it's not that's not game. That's, that's not, not game. game. That's so. a lot of the, the answers here today is that's not game. That's a lot of the answers today. So, you um, you know, you walk around and eventually you find Tyler sitting on top of a, a nice picturesque lookout. Um, and you, you have a, a conversation between the two of you kind of confronting your conflicting feelings about things kind of coming to a head. You know, they were at least and I don't know if this is true in um every version of the game based on decisions you made but you know when they stopped the car they were arguing about the fact that you know tyler was right about eddie but allison thought he was being really shitty about it essentially um and they have a a conversation there which i really i think this conversation is fine like i don't think it's incredible but i think it's fine when they like talk to each other and like actually address their issues um but i think the framing for it is just really well done like the this game does this cool thing um, fairly frequently where because you're playing those two characters it'll give you like you know you still have camera control but it'll put the camera like decently far back so that both the characters are kind of at either edge of the frame and then there's like a picturesque and well-lit scene in front of them and I think that's like a really or behind them depending on perspective I think that's like a really good shot and it adds a lot of energy to the dialogue that maybe is not there in the writing itself um so I think that that is like a really cool thing they do in this particular scene but the, essentially the two of you just sort of make up and decide all right cool let's like let's move on and then you share a bunch of memories about like the woods that you were in and everything like that nothing yeah. particularly else of note happens there um did you did you did this one work for you this scene yeah i kind of like the i kind of like the back and forth and i don't i'm glad they didn't make me like make some sort of choice between like who is right in this situation yeah. because i think it worked as just a you know we've come to a peace with it 
but I like the idea that is like um, that it's uh, sort of I was right about this. Haha, <laughs> I was totally right. But at the same time, you're, you know, you're pointing out flaws of someone that, you know, she she looked at as a father and basically was her her dad at that point. Mm. And like, you know, recognizing that you that it needs to be stepped back and, you know, looked at 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 a more, at a more personal level for that even though you're totally right she needed to admit that what he did was a little sketchy too so it's uh it works i actually really i quite like that conversation but Mm -hmm. some of the lines weren't perfect but i mean i I won't remember the lines you know it wasn't it wasn't poorly written i can't pick out examples of like oh this really took me out of it it's just you know i i i think i was ready to move on but i do think they did a really good job with that scene um but moving on to one of the larger scenes um you eventually do show up to the sheriff's office and you're kind of immediately told like hey things are really busy today you know you have a conversation with the receptionist who's not actually a receptionist she's a police officer that's just you know the receptionist's out so she's filling in for her um i think there's like some interesting conversation stuff here the the reason i wanted to talk about these like small interstitial conversations before the actual big part is like you mentioned it last time, and it didn't bother me last time, but every time you're talking to a character that you know is not going to show up again later in the story, you're like, wow, they just did not spend a lot of time getting your facial animations right <laughs> at all, huh? You look yeah. so bad when you talk. Yeah, they, they are bad. Um, Yeah, the, sometime the, this, this office kind of sucked. I, I think they have a big issue and I'll bring this up later because it really comes out later less than now where they have like really bad trigger events. So if you are talking with Allison with your cool mind powers or you are just mm-hmm. walking around and you run into something and you don't know you trigger something, it cuts off the current conversation you're having and they just, it's just never, it's never good. It's always yeah. bad and you can't go back to that conversation and I I like, you know, walking around and then suddenly getting like a voice trigger because it keeps the conversation flowing and it keeps you, you know, listening to something while you're looking, but the trigger boxes are just so incredibly bad. Uh, and yeah. it was pretty bad around this police station, but and that's even worse because some of these conversations do loop if you like walk around and then come back to the initial trigger box and it's like, oh, this is just it it definitely I felt that a lot on the first floor of this this um, police station. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, essentially, like you like we had said, you're you're here to to talk to uh, to Chief Brown to Eddie to be like, hey, what's going on? Where is like you know what was going on that night? And he's interviewing somebody and kind of blows you off and says like, look, I don't have time for this. I'm super busy. I told you everything I know. Like I'm not going to be able to to tell you anything more. Um, so you decide that okay, if he's not going to tell you anything more. We're going to go take a look at our case files, which are upstairs. Um, so two things here. First, I, there's got to be some sort of protocol where you're supposed to give the people you're interviewing a little bit more privacy than what yeah. they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think because it was the mailbox bandit, I don't think it was that big of a deal to have it not be private. But, you know, he started asking some personal things, and I think that would probably be better. Like, what is your date of birth? And what do you do for work? You know, why were you here? Why were you doing that? And and like, but it's also like, it's a, a whole notch up because the trigger boxes, like you had said, 
are fucky with the dialogue, but there's no trigger box that says, like, if you get close, stop this chain of dialogue. So I yeah. just walked right up and looked them in the eyes as he was interviewing her about the person who fucked up her mailbox. And, and you're like, like, should I stop? Right. Should I stop? I, I, I sat there and listened to the interview for a while. I'm like, I'm so bored. Do I? Am I going to get in trouble for interrupting this or not? God, I was so triggered by that. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. But you decide to to make a distraction so that Allison can get upstairs, um, at which you know you have like one of nine different options. Which also the options are pretty fucking varied in terms of what you can choose. <laughs> I went with the standard: I'll turn off the lights, pretend I leaned against it, that causes everybody to look at me, and then Allison slips upstairs. But you can also be like, "Look, somebody's trying to break in," or <laughs> "I think I've seen this yeah. missing person recently." <laughs> so you just went instantly for the light, right? I mean, I didn't go instantly for it. I looked at it and I was like, I'm yeah. not going to tell them I saw a missing person. That's fucked up. And then I saw the light and I was like, yeah, dude, that's pretty low stakes. If it gets fucked up, it's not a big deal. Uh, I had to do the missing person. You I fuck. had to see. I had to see what would happen. It's so sad. It's so tragic. So oh. you, you're, Tyler's like, oh, my God. I, I've definitely seen this girl before. And the the... Uh, officer by there literally no one else looks at you just the one guy looks at you and goes who that one and you're like yeah i saw him at this diner i think and he goes oh yeah sorry that person's been dead for a long time i just forgot to take down the poster you definitely didn't see her (laughs) you're like well that didn't work um i i knocked the stack of papers down which worked sufficiently that's fair. I mean, I think there's a lo- there's a lot of silly options. You can do whatever. I think they all do the exact same thing, um, which is let Allison get upstairs, and then you can, you know, you leave the police station, and she unlocks a door for you in the up. There's a lot of, like, tension to sneaking into the upstairs, but there's, like, no real tension. Like, the I, game yeah. tries to create a sense of tension, and you're just like, I don't... I know okay. I'm going to get there. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> you get to, like, as you're walking upstairs, you, like, walk by a window that you can, like, see one of the cops looking the other way in, and you have the option to click on a window, and Tyler says something, and he's like, oh, shit, what's going on there? But he started saying that after I had passed the window already, and I was like, dog, it's not scary. Yeah, they add a lot of tension to this, and, like, yeah, I I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to turn around and go, Tyler! And then (laughs) what's going to happen? The game resets? I I don't know. There's no tension to this one. The it, the tension works after this moment, but yes. yeah. So you um you get upstairs to t- onto the good part of the scene. You get upstairs, and then you and Allison get to sneak into um Chief Brown Eddie's office and uh, look around and try to find information about where the case file would be. You find an an interesting mix of stuff here, which is like you find a bunch of stuff about oh he's planning you know the the seating chart because he knows who knows who and who's been arrested for like this community charity event and he tries to contribute to this and he's a good part of this but then you also find and this is not a thing they make as big a deal out of as they should uh like an acceptance letter from a college that allison applied to where she's like oh he told me i didn't get in that sucks and then they just move on and i'm like yo he changed your whole life by lying to you why are you not pissed off about this yeah and it never comes up in your like eddie post eddie conversation like it just sort of flatlines and also you learn that um he's been like paying or making deals for your bill for uh for Mm -hmm. tyler's bill from fireweed and it's kind of like i don't know there's a lot of conflicting feelings in his office i think it 
the facts that were in there were good enough to be like, oh, interesting, and learning a little bit more about him. But yeah, the reactions were a bit strange. At yeah, best. I I was I was surprised it was so subdued, but I did like this whole scene. Um, but then you find information that like, okay, so like, you know, naturally this file was checked out oh, recently. Oh, he requested to yes. get access to that. Yeah, he he requested it, and then they give you like the name of the file, and then Allison makes a big spiel about how like, oh, files after this date have been digitized, but before then they haven't. So we have to like manually look through it. So you sneak into the um. You sneak into the file holding area. I forget what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, which just has the best puzzle in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Where Allison's like, oh, I know the, the four-digit code to get. And it's like, beep, boop, bop, bop. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it's a nine-digit pad. But six or five of the digits are like completely untouched. And four of them are heavily. So I guess I'll just press these buttons until I get it. But you get a fucking subtitle that says the note that it's making. It's like, it's weird. It's so weird. They yeah. didn't need to include it. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's pretty goofy, uh, but I mean, but, I kind of like that this, this police office is just such a joke. Like they have yeah. no privacy. Like they have no knowledge of how to do private encounters. They have no like, sensibility they're they're not taking down missing posters for people who died like mm-hmm. they're so bad <laughs> yeah. i kind of like that and it, it makes this like tense situation almost comical to be like we need to break into this high high security police station and it's just yeah. kind of like a joke of puzzles Anyways. it is it is kind of fun it is kind of fun um so you get in and there's you know a room filled to the brim with documents, and essentially you enter a mini game where you're trying to get as much information as possible about your mother's, like, the day of that incident and your mother's state of mind and everything leading up to it. Um, and you, you know, um, Allison waits outside to be like, I'll be the lookout and let you know if anybody's coming. And the, the whole game essentially comes down to, like, you highlighting a couple of terms on a computer to find a case file and then walking around and finding the box with the corresponding case file in it, which mm-hmm. was, like more engaging than it should have been Um, yeah i i kind of liked it because i was like i had to like go okay i gotta write this one down i wrote it down you know i looked for the box it felt it felt good i like this yeah and i think part of that is they they have a really good like you're breaking into a heavy government facility soundtrack going on in the background um and there was just also a good drip feed of information so you get like a ton of information about this i think the main things you get are that like you, you know, you get some information about your mother and how, you know, she was not necessarily, she didn't have, like, criminal charges against her, but you hear, you know, there's some complaints about her. You get um, information that Tyler was officially charged with homicide, which you probably knew, but if you didn't, like, now you can see that, hey, that's what the state was charging him with. Um, you find out some weird tidbits, you know, that they are trying to hire an ex-con and Tyler is really indignant about it. Um but I think the, the most important thing and the thing that you, like, then take to Eddie is you find out that um, the conversation he was there about was because previous to that conversation, Tessa had called social services on your mother because she didn't know what was going on and she didn't, like, necessarily think that it was going well. Um, and that, you know, you could potentially have been taken away by social services. And that's what Eddie then went there to essentially tell her. But that he submitted the report, like, the report came into him and he submitted it to social services. Um, and then you get like really mad about that um, and, and kind of storm out and, you know, he, he shows up right at that time and then you guys kind of get into an argument and go into his office where you present that information to him and are essentially like, hey, you know, 
Tessa called social services on us and then you weren't on our side and you didn't help out our mom and you reported it instead. Why weren't you like there trying to help her instead of like just following through with the report? And Eddie makes the the argument that like I was just doing my job. I legally have to report it. And then also like, you know, I didn't know what to do. I went there to tell her that it looked bad for her. Um, and then Allison kind of forgives him. And then you have the choice as Tyler whether or not you want to, you know, he essentially says, like, hey, I haven't been a good father, and, like, I, ha- I wasn't there for you growing up because, like, you were taken away, and, like, obviously he's not your dad, but he's like, but I would like to be a part of your life if you would let me, and you get the option to tell him, like, yeah, okay, let's start fresh, or no, I don't think we're there yet. Um, what did what did you choose here? I said, no, we're not there yet. It's too much. It's too much right now. You know, I actually, I get his reasoning. It's just too much, you know? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. That That is what I did, too. I, I think, like... His argument that, like, hey, I have to report it, I'm, like, on his side with that, right? If somebody calls social services, you should report it because you don't necessarily know what's going on inside that house. But also, like, for them, him to then turn around and be like, and now I want to be a big part of your life if you'll let me. And also, right behind me is evidence that I lied to your sister to keep her at home and out of the college (laughs) you want to do with Ted. Ignore that part. And I was like, I don't fucking trust this dude. I'm not doing that. Which... Was maybe yeah. a little more drastic than I intended it to be. He like Tyler like gets up and tells him no and like walks over and hands him the ring that you got in chapter one and is Weird. like I don't want this anymore. Um, Weird. Which I was like, you know, I was just trying to say we're not there yet. I like that seemed like a pretty chill way to say that, but the game did not interpret it that way. That's interesting because my Tyler interpreted it that way, where he's like, hey, like. I just don't think we're there yet. I need a lot more time. Maybe it's because I don't have the ring. Maybe, maybe it felt like a betrayal. I mean, he does say we're not there yet, but then, like, the tone completely changes when he gets up and physically hands him the ring that, like, has yeah. not been a part of the game at all up to this point. And I wonder seems what like de- it has a degree of finality to it. I wonder what de- what determination that makes. I wonder if it's, like, twin level or, like, what is that? I mean, I also did not side with Eddie in episode one. So Okay, so you're double negative on Eddie. I'm negative on I'm well, triple negative on Well, you were Allison Eddie. though. Yeah, but so, I still made all the negative choices towards Eddie. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Who knows fair. what the game does? But I, I think it just that's 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 way too big of an ask, right? Like that's just yeah. such such a big ask from him and it's such the wrong time to make that ask <laughs> to be like I want to be a part of your life now that you know this thing that I never told you that is the foundation for why your life is the way it is. Right like, now, you, let you, me ask you if you'd like to be, if it is, do you want to call me dad? <laughs> it's just read the fucking room, dude. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that was, um, I don't know. I, I, that was the wrong choice of him. I like this whole scene though. Like overall taken as a whole, for all the 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 ragging we did on the first half of the scene, I really enjoyed the sheriff's office. Like I thought it was a fun portion of this game. I think they did some interesting things. I thought the mini games were largely interesting, if not super engaging. And I think the the drip feed of information you get is enough to keep me keep me like constantly engaged. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, think the file scene that, was great. Yeah, yeah. File scene was great. Going through Eddie's office was great. I thought this conversation was still largely good. I really did expect it to be like way a way bigger reveal than it was, though, right? Yeah, it. it this is what I was talking about with the kind of like it felt very like expected in a weird way, where it's like, okay, Tessa clearly had issues 
with the family that was established in the first episode that, you know, they needed a lot of help. And you would imagine that that help only goes so far. So it would make sense after the mom doesn't show up for work and Tess knows that, you know, that that the mom didn't have any other uh, opportunities to get money or get food, that those kids are probably somewhat underfed or, mm-hmm. you know, are not getting their basic necessities. So, I mean, like, I feel like I, I should have found something much bigger, but instead it was a bunch of little things, which I think kind of speaks to the to the idea that like sometimes when something miserable and horrible happens to you you want to blame like this higher conspiracy and i think that's how a lot of people get into conspiracy theories is because something (laughs) horrible happens and they're like there has to be a bigger reason for this and then the real reason is like no it just it just sucked and it happened and that's what it is and i think that can happen with your personal life too and i think it kind of maybe unknowingly explores that but I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it was it, fine. I agree. Like, there's a degree of mundanity to, like, all of these reveals that's like, okay, this doesn't seem as drastic as it should be inside of the setting where it's like, okay, but, like, everything is hyper-heightened and these twins have this magic power and there's, like, these fairy tale storybook creatures that, like, might or might not exist. And I think that that's, like, that's a really interesting space to play in. But I didn't, like, the tone and the way that it was presented didn't feel like that's what they wanted us to take away from it. It felt like they wanted it to be this big reveal that it wasn't. Yeah. Um, imagine, I, if, I just, imagine if Sam got a, got a, you got a report from Sam that's like, I saw a big, a big creature that was all in black and had big smiling teeth. It was real <laughs> scary. I think that would have, that would have been great <laughs> that would have been that would uh, the one other piece of information i knew there was one one thing i forgot the the one other piece of information that they kind of gloss over and again they don't come back to the whole time but i think is like really important that they should have come back to it is they find the coroner's report in their mom and that she did not die from a stab wound she died from drowning which is like it feels like a small thing because like yeah she was stabbed and then couldn't get out of the water so she died there but yeah. like if you're the person who like, if you're Allison in this situation, like, my immediate thought is, like, oh, like, then when she dropped the gun, we could have gotten her out of the water and she might still have been alive. And, like, then yeah. we, like, I think that they compound this stuff and then they don't focus on it. But, like, that's a really, really impactful thing to have learned to, again, not be brought. Like, I feel like Allison's sitting on a lot of shit that keeps getting dropped on top of her this game and she's not given the space to explore it at all, which maybe explains the ending a little bit. Um, But it... Yeah, every every bit of information you feel makes it a little bit more traumatic for her and like honestly not much more traumatic for Tyler at all. That's a good point. And I think I said it in the first one and I'll say it again here. I think that she gets a little bit of the short end of the stick on the story. But also, I feel like she was more part of this than the last one at the least. Yeah, Um, for sure. Sure. But uh, all right, let's should we move on? Move on. Yeah, we should move on. All right. So they, they decide that they need to confront Tess uh, because, you know, Tess did that thing. So they want to ask her about it. So they drive to the store and uh, Vicky, Vinny, Vinny, Vicky. I don't remember the name Vinny, of the store. Vinny, Vicky. Vinny, Vinny, Vicky. Uh, I probably said it wrong again. But anyways, so. <laughs> you got it that time. You're good. Uh, they they go in and Tom is there. Um, and they asked Tom, you know, where is, where is, uh, Tess? He doesn't know where she is. He said that he, uh, that, that she left a while ago, uh, but she should be back maybe soon. Not too sure. 
Um, but then you also run into Michael, who was from the first episode. She, if, if you need a quick reminder, he works with uh, Allison and uh, they are planning to move to Juno together. And, um, you know, optional Tyler as well. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're all kind of pals and they're they're talking around a bit and they are um uh, um uh sorry I just lost it Tom is uh, gonna leave for the day because he he's got to go do something he gets a phone call that he has to leave right away and then uh, Michael says hey why don't you help me finish inventory so you and tyler specifically he wants you to finish inventory because he knew that tessa went to the graveyard to visit your mom's grave yes he was like oh i can like hitch a ride with you guys there because i wanted to go anyway yes thank you for that very crucial point no problem Um, and so i was too distracted by what's going to happen next oh this the best scene in the game best scene in the game so you and Michael and Tyler go into the inventory room while Allison uh, takes care of the cash register and you uh, begin to do inventory with Michael and you play a fun game where you look at the amount of things and he goes, how many Clorox bottles do we have? <laughs> and you have to literally count how many. And so there's okay. a thing of tomatoes and I got fucking tripped up by these tomatoes. <laughs> so I'm like, hold up, hold up. There's definitely twelve in here, and there's definitely fourteen. I got, I got so fucked. Beautiful. Um, I wanna, I wanna take a second to applaud. Uh, tell me why chapter two? Because at this point in the game, they have had I think four mini games, and three of them have just been you doing a job. It was like, okay, be an electrician. All right, cool. Now be a <laughs> clerk at a police office. Now be a retail like employee doing inventory. That was three <laughs> of the four puzzles, and then the other one was break into a police office. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I respect that this one was literally tell me how many there are of a thing, and you physically look at it and tell him the answer. So you uh, you go over to take inventory of those toys, and as you're looking at this, these horrible little toms, uh, you get one. <laughs> chucked at the back of your head by michael and you kind of start to have this little game uh which is super playful and you kind of start to throw these toys at each other best of three sort of war zone match very call of duty very call of duty extremely call of weirdly enough it felt like a better version than call of duty it was that responsive and snappy if you have played Warzone, this is better. Do download this game, <laughs> get to chapter two, and then you will all your satisfaction, 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 <laughs> all your, <laughs> all your needs will be met. Um, but but after that, you um, he invites you to come hang out with him on the couch, and you know he has expressed interest in you while you were throwing the toys around a little bit, and you can kind of. Uh, flirt back with him a little bit but he uh he sort of lays it all down as you're talking about like your history and you know your um uh, your relationships in the past and things like that and he kind of just says you know i'm i'm interested in you and are you interested in me and are you interested in guys and things like that and you can kind of decide what who Tyler is a little bit, uh, very much the same way you did in Life is Strange 2 as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But what did you pick for this? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I decided to flirt back with him. Um, and I, I am interested in the different ways that this, this scene plays out because I don't know, like, I don't remember any specific, like, I don't remember anything being that open and straightforward in my scene. I think a lot of it was kind of, like, a little bit veiled, a little bit like, hey, let's, you know, I'm going to compliment you in a way that's, like, very obvious that I'm flirting with you, but at no point am I going to say, like, I'm into you. Right. Um, it's it's just, like, it, it, it's kind of kind of playful um i i hesitated a bit because i didn't like you know specifically because michael is your sister's only friend and i was like that's a little weird i, I don't want to like step on toes where i shouldn't and also like on top of that michael talks about the importance of found family and how you both like you know have had trouble finding like an actual like way to fit in in this small town and i was like yeah that's true i get that but that just kind of compounds a little bit if like your sister's also having trouble fit in and then I just come in and immediately start dating the one dude that's made her feel comfortable. That's a little yeah. weird. But but at the end I was like, ah, but yeah, but you know, like fuck it. Michael Michael's cool dude. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, there were I don't know. There were I had a couple issues with the fact that I got a negative twin point for this one. I just if 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 I was if I was friends with someone, right? Mm-hmm. And they were my only friend and my sibling you know wasn't around and i talked about my sibling all the time i said mm-hmm. how cool they were i you know i talked about their story and like what they were doing and i made them up to be quite you know a big deal because he does mention that that like he heard about you all the time yeah and if that person who you know is struggling to find a relationship that they want is like interested in Tyler. I would, I would bless the relationship, man. I, I, I don't know. And I, I think you can be friends with someone and still have their sibling, like still date their sibling. Like I, I mean, sure. More time will be spent. You will probably see them less. That, that is a definite, that's a definite, but like, I don't know. I would be too happy to be like, you know, you have both of them now and they're both your friends. And like, I don't know. I just for me, I think it's it's really an order of operations thing that I think is what they were trying to maybe imply that like, hey, you should make sure Allison is cool with this first. But I didn't do anything. All I said was yeah, like, yeah, you're totally. also attractive. Like, yes, yes, hundred percent. I validate 100%. that. And then it got the like, well, now you you done smooched him, and he's you're 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 married now. Like I'm like, no, <laughs> hold on, hold on. We're not yeah. we're not there yet. So that's why I felt like that. Is it just felt unfair and that if you know that person flirted with my sibling i would not be upset by that so i think that was a very unneeded negative twin mark yeah also it felt weird being like hey tyler is happy negative twin mark (laughs) (laughs) you just got a lot of those negative twin marks this game holy i hated seeing them (laughs) um yeah, I think that that's pretty much it, though, right? With the story, like after that, yeah, she runs in and she's like, "I've been waiting out there for an hour and a half." An and hour, like, I have dude. Not been playing this game for an hour. <laughs> you are full of shit. How long do you think I played the toy game, Call of Duty Warzone <laughs> toy game? <laughs> also, there's two things we didn't mention at the at the front of the scene that I want to touch on because I think they're going to be important. Um, Tom, in the like when you briefly confront him about Tessa, he says that he did kind of know what that like she had reported Marianne to social services 
but that he didn't he tried to you know keep his nose out of other people's business he's not a he rumor really, monger yeah he's not a rumor monger he didn't want to be like you know talking about people uh and then also ty um michael like the reason he leaves is michael tells him hey you told me to make sure you're not late for your appointment today so just so you know you've got your appointment today and then he leaves um and it seems like a very planned thing and i think that's important um yeah and we'll talk about why yeah at the end of this game <laughs> yeah that is an important part um, um <clears throat> all right so chapter six not chapter chapter six, six. <laughs> hold on still chapter two <laughs> point six of the google <laughs> <laughs> if you look to page six in your google docs so anyway the three of you um you go to the graveyard together uh michael kind of you know, takes off to go. He says he's going to go visit his uncle's grave because he hasn't been there for a while. And you are, you know, walking there to try and find Tessa. You don't necessarily remember exactly where your mother's grave was, but you kind of, as you're walking through the graveyard, you get, like, little memories of the day that you, you know, your mom's funeral was and you as children and Eddie there trying to, like, comfort you and get you to move around and everything like that. Um, and this this whole like scene has a pretty somber energy to it um you do pass by michael who is at his uncle's grave um and like you have the option to walk up there and then talk to him for a while which felt really intrusive to me like yeah it's not like he sees you and waves you over and is like hey what's up like he's just sitting there silently in front of his uncle's grave and you walk up and like they handle it well and you know Allison's like, hey, do you want some company? And then you can talk to him about his uncle, which honestly, I just left in the middle of that conversation because I was like, this is a weird vibe. I didn't mean to trigger this event anyway. So I just walked out of there like his uncle seemed like a cool dude. I didn't I I wanted the story to keep moving. Um, You also pass a different person who. I did talk to. Isn't that it looked I didn't talk to her. Is that Denise from the police office? I didn't. No, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. No, I'm pretty sure she's a total fucking stranger. Okay, she's like there's an energy to it, and you talk like you don't know each other. But she's just like, oh yeah, I live here in the small town now, and this is my husband, and he died in a fishing accident. And <laughs> don't laugh, what? Duncan. Don't laugh. I'm sorry. It's they just don't, like they don't explain it, but they do say that like Allison does have a line where she's like, "There's too many people going like that nowadays." And I was, I was left very curious about what a fishing accident in the arctic was because i have no frame of reference for it but maybe it's a common thing honestly like maybe it is genuinely and truly a lot of people I'm die not laughing like because that. of the fishing accident or the the fact that i'm just i just laugh because there's just this game does not have like random npcs very no. often it's very mm-hmm. barren which makes sense because it's a very small town so that seems very bizarre uh, but, then, but then you get into a long like genuinely kind of long conversation with her about why she's here and how she's learned to love the town, but how she feels bad because her children are now growing up a thousand miles away from their family. And then she asks you for advice about whether you would stay here or go back to Tennessee, or I think she's from Georgia. Um, Yeah, she's, it's definitely not the the police station. Yeah. um, Because she's from Georgia. She has a thick Southern accent. Um, And then you get to like tell her whether you think, she should leave or stay it's a weird scene dude it's if that, weird if that was life was strange one you would definitely get the butterfly symbol if you told her to leave or stay <laughs> but yeah no that is strange i didn't bother because i'm like this isn't an i'm not gonna approach a stranger even if i know them. yeah 
you it it was a weird energy i thought maybe it was a different person when i approached her and then i was just sort of locked into the conversation anyway i told her to fucking leave which felt kind of aggressive there was no option yeah. to which you get like four different options of what to say but none of the options as tyler were like i think your kids would really appreciate being near your family the only <laughs> option you had for telling her to leave was this town's a dead end and i was like that's kind of <laughs> not what i wanted to get across but all right tyler yeah cool swing and a miss um, um anyway you yeah. you continue on and you you get a I, I think this is actually a really good scene where you see one of those memories of um allison running away because she didn't want to go to the mother's grave when she was a child and then you you have a conversation about that particular day like you know you follow her and you find a little little crook that you were in where you have another one of those moments where you have to decide between which one of the two versions of a memory you think is correct. Um, but these two versions involved um, Tyler consoling Allison and either saying, like, um, either promising to come back or saying that, like, it wouldn't be that bad. Like, we'll talk every day. Um, kind of, like, not necessarily promising to come back, but, like, you know, telling her to be strong and, the, the, and her saying she would be okay. And you kind of, like, get to choose between those two, which I thought was interesting because, like, that's a... I very clearly can believe those two versions of the conversation and people each thinking, like, warping in their mind what the other twin had said to, like, make them more comfortable with the idea that they had to have a separation. Um, yeah. I thought this one was handled really well uh, and then ended up going with Allison's because she talks about how... Tyler promising to come back was what got her through every day and how she thought about it every day for years. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty strong argument for remembering things correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I did the same. Yeah. Um, so then you, you move on from there. You run into Tessa. Uh, you, you go to your mother's grave first because you couldn't find Tessa. Um, and then, you know, you have kind of an emotional moment at first where Allison is like, you know, Tyler and Allison are both somber, but it's clear that Allison is, like, bearing the emotional brunt of what happened um, and is, is really struggling to, struggles to be there, struggles to look at her grave, struggles to, like, then try and express how she feels and how her mom left her and how she should have reached out and she didn't have to be doing it alone and it was unfair of her to to go through what she went through alone. And, and it's honestly, like, very, very powerful stuff. Um, yeah. Really, really well done scene here. And then Tessa approaches you from behind with flowers, saying that she was also coming to visit your mother's grave and how she, you know, thought that, that, that she should stop there and that she shouldn't be alone and everything like that. And then you, you know, you confront Tessa and say, like, hey, how did you do this? Which is where you get um, Tessa's side of the story about how your mother had ostracized everybody, you know, over the last couple of months. It, like, it was obviously really hard on her, but she didn't have friends left. She couldn't get a job. There was nothing for her in this town, and she just didn't see any way for her to feasibly, like, take care of the kids anymore, and that she had tried reaching out, and it just didn't work, so she didn't know what to do, so she called social services, um, and then asks, essentially, to be like, hey, are you, like... Will it, basically says exactly the same thing that Chief Brown does. It's like, hey, would I would you be willing to let me be a part of your life again? Um, but this one, I don't know. I, I I felt more sympathetic for her in this scene than I expected to, um, because I do think that she's kind of like painted in a bad light for a lot of the rest of the game. Um, but I think that it's it's reasonably 
understandable that she would be that type of person that she would like make that decision at her wits end having really cared for these kids um so i did end up like forgiving her and allowing her to be a part of my life again i don't know if you came to the same conclusion how dare you no i'm just kidding (laughs) i i decided not to just because there was too much other stuff that i didn't feel was right where i'm like yeah you made the right call when with our mom but there were some other things that i'm not comfortable with with tessa and i was surprised with the level of like like maturity is not the right word with the level mm-hmm. of like level headedness i guess that tyler came at it with being like okay like you know and it was almost the same way that the um chief brown conversation went where he's like you know i'm not ready for this yet and you know you i understand what you're saying but i'm just not there yet and afterwards allison was like you did the right thing there. I went, that's a strange thing for you to say in this moment <laughs> in a way that's like, it was almost like the game being like, yeah, you did the thing I wanted you to do. <laughs> Can I tell you, Duncan? Weird. Can I tell you? Oh, no. She says that either oh, way. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what, yeah, a, what a trick. It is. It is a trick. And they, they so, never do that. <laughs> You do also, in that conversation, before you make the decision, I, I guess two things about that conversation. Tyler does have a, a, a brief dialogue where he's like, hey, before I give you an answer, are you willing to accept me for who I am? And she yeah. gives a, a slightly more redemptive answer about, like, you know, believing the Lord's plans and designs and thinking that maybe she didn't understand them. And, you know, some stuff that paints her in a better light than the person who supported conversion camps and covers up LGBT posters. But, you know... Um, those things um, do still happen so I think it's reasonable to say that you're not really a part of my life um, what do you think about this test quote that I pulled because I, I pause the game and I'm like no no this is a this is a really weird thing to say so you approach the graveyard right the grave mm-hmm. of, of your mom and she when you're she's leaving the flowers there and you're talking about her she says when someone dies or when we die, our graves are all someone has to remember us by. That, I yeah. Uh-huh. That quote I had a really weird, I'm like, what? What? That quote, so that, yeah, that's fucked up and wrong. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, so wrong. Because, like, like, factually, there are so many things that, like, you could be like, oh, pictures and, you know, uh, stories and stuff like that. But, like. It's also just a traditional thing where it's like, well, if you don't have a grave, good luck being remembered by anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? like that's it is emotionally. I just disagree with the core of that sentiment that like you don't keep people aren't kept alive in your memory by virtue of being alive in your memory. And also, like, I take personal offense to it. Most of my family members have been cremated who have passed away and don't right. have graves. I didn't forget about any of them because I couldn't go visit their grave. That's fucked up, Tessa. You're fucked up and wrong. Yeah, it's just a weird quote where I'm like, this is either a weird thing that they're trying to say about Tess or it is some weird trans- trans- translational or something that they just didn't really read. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that is just her character is very traditional and is very you know this is the type of thing that you do when somebody dies and this is how you remember them and this is like you know this is the physical aspect of where they are now and i 
I think it says a lot about her character. I just think yeah. I disagree with all of it, so it feels like it's not a good character trait, but I do think that is just the writing of her character. Also, I I kind of cringed because when at the end of the scene they were talking about their mom and it was kind of the emotional apex and um, Allison starts crying and then she puts her head to the grave and she says, why? We were your goblins. And I went... I don't know. I don't like it's I get it, but it was just I I, that, I think that, the voice acting wasn't great on it and I don't know. I think it took can, it a step too far. You can argue the performance, but I the writing didn't bother me there. Like I I I buy that, right? Like it's not like that was a thing she was saying even though like their mom stopped viewing them that way 10 years before she died right like at the time when her mom died that was still their relationship right it was still centered around this like or not centered around it like a large part of it was these like storybook things that they were doing that's clear like throughout the whole game that's been the framing of a lot of the way they interacted like i buy it i i could buy that okay all right. Well, I I wanted to get that out there that I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's uh let's move on. Shall, shall is it my turn to take the reins? Yeah. There's they there is a conversation also at the end of the graveyard after you like leave that does again the exact same thing that it did before where it gives you like a you know a here's these two twins kind of next to each other and the camera's pulled back and you're looking at a nice vista. Um, but it, it just covers a lot of the same stuff. I don't think there was anything too terribly important there, unless I'm forgetting something, in which case I'm sorry, but I spent a lot of that scene whipping the camera around into the forest behind you looking for the mad hunter who never appeared. So <laughs> I was so fucking That's sure. Funny. No, it was just like a thank you for coming to the graveyard with me. I appreciate it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So uh, you drive back and you get back to your house and um, the barn's on fire. Barn's on fire. What did, what was your my first reaction to the barn on fire was ooh something's <laughs> happening <laughs> not in a way where I'm like you know I'm not like finally after all this boring dialogue about sad <laughs> twins it was more like a I was kind of excited about it um yeah no I I agree because I like it felt like they were wrapping up all of the loose ends and I was like how are they doing a chapter three? three with this and then they were like ah here's this thing to keep you going yeah yeah so um barns on fire you tyler takes the lead and the door busts open and a a a figure in a black hood uh storms out and knocks tyler down with the door uh and and he gets away and allison is out uh getting the fire extinguisher so she doesn't see him and you know she comes to see how Tyler's doing and he's like ah you know there's someone there's someone there but get the fire first and she puts it out and uh, you you fully lost the the figure uh completely puts out so a big ass fire very quickly yeah yeah game <laughs> I, I seem to remember this about life is strange games there was a fire in a different one and then you walk into the place that had the fire and it is like an unscathed like it's like oh <laughs> someone <laughs> Someone knocked a glass over, but it was a plastic <laughs> cup, and that's fine. Like, it, it, it was not very touched after a, a fire that seemed to completely uh, be inside of the whole barn. Um, yeah. But I get it. You know, texturing stuff is hard. Um, 
So you start to look through this barn and you're like, why would someone be doing this? And you find a uh, little floorboard that has been chipped away with a symbol that you might recognize. Uh, so Tyler finds a, a crowbar of sorts and opens up the floorboard to find this box. And it has a lock on it. And who else would make a little puzzle box but Marianne? Who That's else but right. Marianne? And who else, how else would you find the number combination than the Book of Goblins? Woo! Ooh, this Man. was a tough one, Alex. This was, this was a real tough one. So Ooh. the mechanics of this one are intense. Duncan, you want to walk us through the incredible okay. thought processes needed to, to correctly identify this puzzle? So first, you have to open up the Book of Goblins. <laughs> And you have to clear fifty percent of it. <laughs> it does say press Q to open up the book of goblins, <laughs> so you do have a little hit. <laughs> so you open up the book, and then you click all the icons until a voice line triggers, <laughs> where Allison goes, "That's the symbol," um, or you could recognize the symbol. Yeah, um, either one. And you look at the pages, you read the story. The story is about how. These goblins uh, steal yeah. secrets from the secret keeper, which I was is say, a cool Please tell story. me what the story is, because I read about a paragraph of it before I realized what the <laughs> answer was, and I did not read the next page and a half. I, I The goblins, a very sad moose left the secret keeper, and the goblins went, we want to know the secret! And the secret keeper goes, what will you offer me? And they give him a valuable, and he tells him that the moose's wife died a long time ago. <laughs> And fell off a cliff, and then the or something along those lines. She fell from a very high place, and then the goblins go, "We want to know more." And then the secret keeper goes, "Well, you'll have to learn more." And then they distract him and steal all of his secrets, and then something bad happens to them. And then I realize that the numbers are on the page. Yep, the, the numbers are just literally just kind of hidden in the illustrations. You don't have to read the book of goblins at all to figure that one out. Yeah. And thus marks another moment where I went, I should read these stories at some point, and then moved on with the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you figure out the numbers through there, and what's in the chest but two notes. These two notes are, the first one is a letter from... Uh, a, a man does it say the name it doesn't say the name that would no. make no sense of course. yeah no this, From, the whole mystery is you don't know who your dad is yeah <laughs> there's actually a thread around here where tyler kind of wants to know who their dad is as well um yeah which i don't think we've really mentioned at all no but, we haven't which is on us but yeah there's definitely a little bit throughout the game of tyler being curious who their dad is and allison not caring who their dad is right um so it, the first letter is basically like oh my god i had such an amazing time with you and uh, states that he is married and like, you know, he mm. feels such a rush and it's different than when he's with her. And uh, the second letter is him being like, listen, I know you'd make, you think you'd make a great mom, but I don't think it's the time right now and I'll pay for whatever needs to happen. And essentially insinuating that she, um she, she should have an abortion. And this is where, I got a I got a draw gripe with something the Life is Strange system does here is whenever you click on something or open something up to read it, the oh, voice yeah. line this triggers sucks. before you read it. So yeah. I started to like I open it up and within a millisecond, Tyler goes, 
he wanted mom to abort us? And you're like, dude, spoil. <laughs> Let me read this. So, I mean. It really does. It takes a lot of the punch out. It's like one paragraph. It should really give you that voice line when you close the letter. Exactly. I have no idea. Unless you're like illiterate, which I mean, I feel that. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm not in this moment. So I don't know. It's, it's really silly. But anyways, not to cut the dramatic tension from it. Um, how did you feel about these notes in this revelation? I felt like, once again, I should have felt something. And I yeah. just sort of didn't. Like, yeah. so at this point, it's very clear, right? So there's, there's something we didn't mention, which is when you're at the graveyard and you first run into Tess or Tessa, we've said both this whole podcast, I don't remember what it is. Um, she, you know, you confront her about your mom and it's like, it's a little bit heated at one point. And then she says something about like, you know, her essentially like taking stuff from dudes and then being like, oh, and ask how that worked out for Sam, right? So like in this episode, you've seen Sam look sadly at the gun rack in your mom's garage You've seen Tessa accuse Sam of potentially fooling around with your mom. And then you've seen these love letters that are like, okay, well, here's this married man and here's this. And like the game at this point is like, yo, it's Sam. But like also, it's fucking not. We he's a red herring. He's, he's such, such he's a red herring. Such an obvious red herring. It's not fucking Sam. So yeah. like, I was like, okay, there's this mystery, but like, I'm kind of in Allison's camp that, like, this mystery's not that enticing to me. Like, your dad was never in your lives. Why is it a big deal? Like, and I, and also, obviously, they're doing, and we'll, we'll talk more about this, but, like, they're setting the Mad Hunter to also be your dad's, like, kind of, again, kind of, sort of removing the supernatural element of it. I, maybe I'm not giving this game enough credit. Maybe it it is more intentional with the fact that it's mixing the, like, the supernatural and the tense and, like, the mundane and, and doing sure. it relatively well. Um, but I definitely, like, for what the box was, and there's, like, under a floorboard and yeah. locked, yeah. and it's got a symbol and a passcode. It's like, this is not... This is not Yeah. Fold yeah. this up and put it in a shoebox under your bed. This is not that important. So they come to the conclusion that that was their father, and mm. they wanted to get rid of the box, but they couldn't. Because they couldn't get up to the floorboards in time, so they decided to burn the whole barn down. So their also rationale was that they're doing this now because they realized that they were cleaning the house out. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't make any sense, right? Like if okay, if no. if you didn't want someone to find that letter, understandable. I get that. Why wouldn't you just remove it? far 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 before the kids come back you had right. a lot of time like I, I just... also if you're like yo the kids might find this secret letter like you've got a better chance of just waiting until they're gone for a full day than trying to like they're cleaning out the house they're not prying up the literal floorboards like the yeah. only <laughs> reason they found it is because you tried to start a fire on that floorboard <laughs> Yeah, it, it seems it, it almost makes me wonder if it would be smart of them to be like, ah, but that was also a red herring and only part of the story. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't maybe know. They will. I don't think they're going to do that. I think I don't think they will either, but maybe they will. I think all this stuff with the like the mad hunter in your dad sort of being the same person is I like it recontextualizes the scene nicely about the beginning that we were talking about where the mad hunter is in your like house and you're yeah. running from him and stuff like that. I think that part's great, but the mystery with your dad kind of stinks. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. let's move on because we are ooh, we're running ooh, we're long. over time. <laughs> yeah. So you um you start to see more memories pop up about the night that your mom died again, and Allison is a little bit hesitant about this. And as you start to follow it, you reach the dock. Um, and as you before you reach the dock, you see like someone was there that night in a hooded uh robe, and they were like just kind of watching uh yeah. a- as the scene unfolded. And as you get to the dock, Allison says like, "Hey, I." I don't want to do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. And Tyler's argument is, well, we've gone this far and I need to figure out. I need closure. And she just doesn't need the same thing that he does. Um, and, so- and to be fair, yeah, to be fair, part of it is also that Tyler is trying to remember a specific memory of her mom, their mom talking to somebody on the dock who Tyler thinks was his dad. Yeah. Um, and Allison is afraid, well, what if we accidentally get the memory where I killed mom? Like, I can't relive that right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's an important part of it. Which too. I think is is pretty fucking valid. Yeah, I, I agree. So Tyler's options are, let's do it, or you need to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the game says so. Uh, so I, I chose the more aggressive one because I think that it felt more tense in that scenario, uh, which was like, you owe me this, which was really yeah. fucked up. Uh, but it worked in that scene and made it like really dramatic and tense, uh, high tension. Did you choose that or did you? Choose no, I, I went with the the softer one because I thought that that was maybe a little bit too fucked up to, to say to her. Yeah, it was. It really was. <laughs> uh, but regardless, she does it anyways. Um, so it and when you start to remember this, you I think it transitions. Into, no, it doesn't transition into the cutscene yet. I'll say I'm super curious if literally anything changed between your and my decision at that point. No, she I don't also think so. Still, kind of does it, and then backs away from it at the very like you get yes. part of that scene, and then she's like, "I can't, this is too much," and she leaves. Yeah, that's that's what happens with mine. Yeah, too. and then you get the fucking stinger. Either way. Yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about the stinger, yeah. but you see that you know that she talked to this man on the dock. And I believe she says to the, to, they're, they're discussing and they're talking about how like, hey, if you really want to help me, I need some money. And like, you need to, you need to support me more. And he's n- not willing to do that or something along those lines. I was yeah. too busy looking at the mesh and trying to figure out who it was and, <laughs> and listening to the voice actor because it sounds an awful like lot, like a certain character. Yeah. That so character. She, um... Yeah, she, sorry, go ahead. She says that he needs to basically, if he wants to support her, she should be he should be like paying child support and then says, like, I have everything I need to like nail you down in the barn over there, referring to the letters, like proving that he's the dad. And then he's basically like, There's not a court in the world that like in your state of mind would give you custody of the kids over me. So yeah. like you don't want to go down that road. Which also, I don't think that's true, my man, but whatever. No, um, not really, but Unless but he's, yeah, like, so th- the president. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he could be the mayor or something. Ah, he could be the mayor, but we wouldn't. We wouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> um, it sounds an awful lot like the mayor. Like, not the real top. The guy who's running for mayor. Yes, yes. It sounds an awful like like the town's mayor. And it would make sense with the appointment and the voice and the fact that he is, like, Oh, excuse me. I'm just a nice old guy, and I'm just yep. oh, I'm just interested in electing for mayor. Whoop! And he um, is 
also married, it would make sense that Tessa would get angry and call social services on her. It all yeah. tracks. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, they um, they uh, see that, and then as Alex said, Allison gets upset and is like, "Listen, I don't, I can't do this anymore," and uh, and walks off. And then we get the stinger. Alex, do you want to guide me through the stinger? Yeah, uh, this was. I'll say this was a weird stinger to get because we, you know, Allison walks away from that memory before things get really heated. And then the stinger is just the rest of that memory, which is weird. Um, Where you see Marianne again, holding the shotgun. um, And again, this is, this is the way I interpreted it. You see Marianne holding the shotgun, talking to whoever is in the boat and then yelling at him to get off of her property or, and then she, you know, yells or I'm going to kill you. Like, if I see you here again, and then we get Allison freaking out because the the twins were spying on that and running away, and then we see her kind of running through the woods with that, like, I'm going to kill you reverberating in her head over and over again. Um, And I think what they're setting up there is that, like, one of the things in the, one of the reports that you get is Marianne yelling to Tyler, I'm going to kill you when she's holding the shotgun, and that was part of the rationale for them stabbing her, and I think what we're probably going to get is that Allison's memory is unreliable, and Marianne never said that to Tyler, and she was confusing these two instances and killed her mom when it was clear that her mom wasn't going to kill Tyler. Um, Yeah, or, like, the memory, like, the voice that they have reverberated that message to mm -hmm. Tyler, and that's what he thought she was saying. it was very clearly the same voice line that they've been trying to use. So, like, it is setting up the idea that this was more of a misunderstanding than than they thought and that they didn't have to do that which again it was weird because they just gave us the rest of the scene that allison walked away from but it was also i think actually a really good stinger yeah yeah i think i think it gave me if uh, if it was not for me finishing it not only six hours ago i would have said <laughs> all right let's see what chapter three got to offer you know uh yeah but it's been worth it to hop in but yeah so um i think that's that's about it. I think being able to talk about spoils, I think that this game still works on a level where I'm enjoying it. It's just got some some flaws, and I think it can still be redeemed as like a pretty good game uh, if the ending is serviceable and doesn't like go for it too much. I want to do a quick prediction segment um, uh, of what we think will happen or what sort of tropes they'll pull because we're definitely getting the life is strange episode five ass scene where they're mm-hmm. like going through each other's mindscape or the house uh i think there's I gonna hope be so. i hope we get something a little like that at least there's gotta be a room in the house that they haven't explored yet is there there's gotta be like a there's got to be like a base, a hidden basement or an addict or something. I mean, you like went, that. you crawled under the foundation of the house already. Okay, all right. So there's got to be like an addict or something Maybe. like that. Maybe. There's got to be. They've got to. They've got to have one more split off or one more bigger argument, and mm-hmm. they're definitely going to learn that it was a complete misunderstanding and it's all the dad's fault. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's definitely what they're setting up is that that that's going to be what happens there. I am curious. Oh, this oh, is... Sam is definitely going to have a, a a heroic moment. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Sam's going to kill Tom. That's just going to happen. Sam X Tom. Um, Oops. No, not Sam <laughs> X Tom. Nope, Sam different, kill- different, different, different. Now, wait. <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I am, I'm curious. Do you think, um, based on the way this last game ended, do you think we start the next game separated again? I think, I think so. I think that's a very good possibility that that happens. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think that'd be a, a powerful way to kind of nail their point home. Um, I agree with you, though. I think you're going to find out more and more that it was a misunderstanding. You're going to find out more and more that the childhood memories you've been constructing are bullshit. Um, all of the, again, they're definitely, like we said, they've they've pulled the veil back that the Mad Hunter was probably just your dad and that, you know, creepy kind of raincoat that I think all of that supernatural stuff is going to not end up amounting to anything other than childhood imagination run rampant. Um, I think Tom is your dad. Um, Do you think we'll read the book of goblins? I think you might. I know for a fact I'm not gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna part of it maybe. All right. How about this? I'll do let's, let's split it and then we'll do a book report of our favorite one. Okay. That's something we can commit to right now on stream. Yeah. Uh, an audio, not stream. Jesus. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll do um, that. What, the one thing I want to say before the end here is I want to... I am consistently surprised because I felt this way about every episode of Life is Strange Season 2, Captain Spirit, all of Life is Strange Before the Storm, though a little less on that one, and now both episodes that tell me why. I'm just always surprised at how much more positive I feel about the game after we talk about it. Like, I think yeah. there's just there's things we missed. I think that we kind of unpack some some ideas that the the game might actually be playing around with that maybe aren't quite as on the surface and maybe aren't even executed that well. But just both of us recognizing them makes me feel better about it overall. Um, I don't yeah. know. I think I think it 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 definitely is an interesting type of game for that reason, that it, it consistently I feel that way about it. I think Life is Strange is definitely worse in a vacuum, or Don't Nod games are worse in a vacuum. I think that being able to discuss it with someone and what you took it away from it, took away from it is really helpful So uh, to enjoying it. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think this one I felt the most neutral about um, uh, out of any of the Tell Me Why's and life is strange episodes that i can remember but i i still i'm still hopeful for it but yeah i can't wait to play episode three and talk about it it's yeah, there which which we'll be able to do at, for our very next episode Woohoo! it's so good to have them not be like why. three months apart oh yeah. god yeah really helps keep you into the story a little bit for sure all right well that's the end of today but don't go away don't hold on hold your horses mister don't pause that podcast. Don't take those earbuds out. You haven't heard Michael's very cool plant fact yet. We oh. have a new ending, which is called Dr. Sorry. One moment, please. The unstumpable Michael, right? That's what you did, but I also kind of love the idea of you changing it every time. <laughs> no, I like unstumpable Michael too much. Okay. All right. All we have right. a plant fact from unstumpable Michael. But before you hear that plant fact, you need to hear this more important information. We have a Twitter. That Twitter is at thoughts from P1. Follow us there. Check us out. We, we post our episodes and we post things about games that we are enjoying or liked in the past. And it is a good time. We tr- sometimes do Mario memes. Our <laughs> discord is in the link. 
in the description. Um, we have a Facebook and those kind of things. You don't need to worry about those. Those are the big ones. Check us out. We're on iTunes. We're on Spooderfy. We're on all of those good podcasting services. If you want a, us to play a certain game or, you know, you have a question about a game that we have played in the past, uh, email player one That's all spelt out at gmail.com with words. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll respond to you or we'll respond to the show. And you leave us a review if you can, if your app works like that. No pressure if it doesn't. And um, here is the unstumpable Michael's hot, hot, hot plant fact. Thanks, Alex and Duncan. Michael here with your plant fact of the day. Do you know what the largest organism on the planet is? The African elephant? How about the blue whale? You may be surprised to know that it's actually a plant. And it's not a giant redwood either. The world's largest organism is a single, interconnected stand of aspen trees in Utah named Pando. Pando covers a staggering 108 acres of land and is estimated to be several thousand years old. It has grown and spread due to a reproductive strategy called suckering, where new stems will sprout from roots, making one massive organism. That's your plant fact for the day. Thanks for listening. Tune in to the next episode of Thoughts from Player One for more video game discussions and plant facts. You got so into that. That's good. I had to, I literally dabbed while I was doing that. Like to, wow. to, to get my, not like, not like, like a Zeus sort of like, like thunder dab. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. A Zeus. Like, Thunder dab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>